0: So I'm really excited to have you on here. What name do you want me to call you by? Let's
1: go with Stasia.
0: Stasia, excellent. I did a whole bunch of research on you this morning and a few weeks ago, and I am really impressed by you. I am so thrilled to have you on. I'm um, going to have you tell us a little bit about, first off, what you're dealing with, because I think you're, uh, what you've done since then is so huge. I kind of want people to have a vague idea of like what you're going through right now.
1: Okay, so I have chronic fatigue syndrome, CFS, which is the stupidest named thing ever.
0: They've really got to drop the fatigue on that. People have the wrong idea when they hear fatigue.
1: Yeah, no, I currently can barely get out of bed and make it from the bed to this chair where I'm sitting now. And that's about it. That's all I can do every day. I mean, I wake up with, sometimes I'll wake up with two spoons. Another day it's just zero spoons.
0: And that's it. Your questionnaire is like the most relatable thing I've read in a long time because I just did a blog post on having a temper tantrum with my disorder. And I read through yours and I was like, Oh, that's a lot of solar plexus hits, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the the different spoons and I love the analogy. Um, but it it's just hard to explain like fatigue is not i'm tired you, know, you have that great story in there about the mother who was like oh i must have that too because i have four kids and i take a nap can you kind of explain Because i think that if someone hasn't had chronic fatigue or i think it's called me now um or if they yeah. they don't have someone okay. in their life with those they don't have an idea like fatigue isn't like i have a newborn child and i'm tired or i've been studying for finals and i'm exhausted can you kind of get, like, a roundabout? Like, when you're saying, I'm done for the day, that's literally done.
1: <laughs> right. Right. It can be two hours into the day, and I can no longer walk or function or hold my head up. I literally have to lay down. And if I'm two hours in the day, that means the next 10 to 12 hours, I have nothing. I have to lay down. So, So, yeah, it being named fatigue... Is problematic. So when I first had the illness, so I got sick when I was 19, and I had been super ambitious. Just got to college, was falling in love, everything. You know, I was living my best life. We we fell in love walking the streets of Chicago. Like that was kind of our courtship. We were also super religious, so. we were super religious and we were on a religious campus. So you couldn't, you could hold hands on campus, but that was all. So we would get off campus and we would just (laughs) walk for hours every day. Um, So that's what we did. We just spent hours and hours walking the streets of Chicago and falling in love. It was the most amazing time of my life. And then that summer, One day, I laid down and took a three-hour nap, and I thought I just had the flu. But then the next day, it it didn't get any better, and the next day, it didn't get any better. And I was like, what is going on? So I go to the doctors. I get a a million tests, and I'm the healthiest person any test has ever seen.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing. I just, I've heard it before.
1: I know you have.
0: You're so healthy. What's wrong with you? All of your tests are negative. Like
1: I'm the healthiest, extremely sick person you ever met. Healthiest person in a wheelchair. And so anyway, so then I finally was told that I had chronic fatigue syndrome. And I was like, Okay, at least I have a diagnosis. So I go around and start telling people I have chronic fatigue syndrome. And I get Oh my gosh, I know. Me too. This college college is so hard. I must have that too. I I'm just so I have to take naps in the afternoon. I'm just like, no, you don't know, No. <laughs>
0: Someone no. explained it. Like if you haven't had to nap after a shower, you don't understand fatigue. Like <laughs>
1: If the shower isn't the single thing that you're doing that day. The whole day. <laughs> right. The shower is the thing that I'm getting up my energy for and doing, and that's it that day. hmm <laughs> so, And I sorry. don't have
0: chronic fatigue, but I, I mean, I have something else that I, I have pots and other stainless that exhaust me to no end, and I get the, like, I, if my shower wasn't right next to my bed, there's no way I would ever shower. I would... <laughs> It wouldn't happen. Like, I can, like, throw myself from shower towards bed and sometimes land in bed. And I think it's, like, a way that people need to understand is even brushing your teeth. Like, my husband's had to bring me water, a toothbrush, and a pot so that I can brush my teeth at night because I couldn't get up to do that. Like, it's, we need to redefine and understand that fatigue isn't tired. It's the complete inability, I think, is, yeah. I'm sorry. I just totally took that over, and you're the one dealing with this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, you get
1: fatigue. Like, you, you get fatigue. Exhaustion. It feels like you, you're suddenly carrying around a 750-pound person. It's, it's just beyond. So that, I just got so pissed because I was getting this response from everybody. Also, because people think they understand what fatigue is, and they're doing it. You know, they're living life and they have fatigue what is wrong with you? obviously you're lazy it
0: can be because, the worst with people in the community as well like people who also have it but have it at a different level
1: Mm-hmm. or like they'll know somebody who oh. has <laughs> it or have claimed it at one point and like they're able to do stuff so why the hell you? I mean my mother-in-law was terrible about it
0: oh god I'm sorry that's she just... was from the
1: culture too, and and she just was like, she thought her son had married just the laziest, most useless. Wasn't couldn't have get a job.
0: Oh my! I, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. It's one thing with your own family, but when you marry into it and you're already the stranger in the family, that's mm-hmm. that's harsh. That's so much to deal with. And so, I from like. I, really pissed (laughs) but to be 19 where everything's just starting and you had this this new like amazing thing just starting with someone that's I mean that's so exciting when you like meet someone and you're you're just kind of sparking and you were going to college and then to have like that's just so insane to me to have everything change in one day like
1: a really long day
0: I'm just trying to process that and like I I read through your story so I actually know how this ends but um Mm -hmm. I, I was also just thinking about like you you guys started your courtship walking, and like that was your yeah. touchstone. and yeah. whenever we're we're like lost and something, we usually go back to our touchstone. How do you guys redevelop a new touchstone in your marriage?
1: Um, basically, my husband's just awesome. and I, I don't even know basically, our first year of marriage was just horrible. We were getting out on our own. He we were terribly, terribly poor. He was getting any job that he could. I couldn't work. I was a mess because I couldn't handle what was happening to me. We were trying to reach out to the church for help and they weren't helping because they didn't understand what was happening either. And yeah, it was just really terrible. But, and he did what he could, and he was just committed to the marriage.
0: That's amazing, but it seems like everywhere you were supposed to get your compassion from, family and church, they just kind of, because they didn't understand. And I, I don't understand that, like, compassion should just be compassion, whether you understand it or not. I, like, I don't understand the idea of, like, I'm compassionate if I can understand it if I can like this really get it I can be compassionate like if someone's asking for compassion it seems like that should be good enough
1: right but or like church would be the one time a week that I would get out of the house so when see me I would look okay-ish for those two hours not knowing those are the two hours I wrestled the entire week to do
0: oh my god I just hear that. I mean, like, you know, when someone's judging your entire existence on the ability to pull it together for an hour or two or even a day, it's, it's always so, my mom always jokes about that because my dad and I are really good at being okay. We're very good at being okay. If we have to be okay, we can fake it like no one else. And she's like, you guys are messing it up for me because people come over and see you and then they're like, they're fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, look sicker yeah. next time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So so that was that. But we eventually got through. And then I had a baby. And then I was really out of it. And my parents had to come live with us.
0: Okay. I need mean an and- explanation on how you did chronic fatigue and pregnancy. That's beyond well- my comprehension right now. <laughs>
1: Well, the human growth hormone actually made me feel better during the pregnancy. No way. Wow. Ah, secrets. <laughs> so uh, I slept a lot, but I would feel better.
0: Okay. So,
1: so they should do some research on that.
0: That sounds like that should be like number one Stanford research. HCG would be a good um, thing to start looking at maybe. I know. I've had friends with, I mean, I'm the exact opposite. Pregnancy was the worst nightmare I've ever experienced. My children were worth it, which says everything about them. But I've had friends right. with Miller Stainless who are like, my bones stayed together. I felt better. I like, huh. I, I don't understand it, but it, there needs to be some look into that on how that works with chronic illness.
1: Yes. But then I popped the gorgeous baby out and then I was just flat.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Um, and those first, uh, few years you know till 18 are kind of labor
1: intensive <laughs> yeah yeah so I would like lay on a couch and like my baby would be there and I'd be like uh uh like trying to knock over some blocks and so I I was the one who could lay on the couch and watch tv with the baby but my mom did did my mom and my husband who was like Working at Starbucks so we could have the insurance to have the baby. I, I mean, it was just uh, really terrible hell until I got on antidepressants, which helped. Just they didn't help my illness at all. They just helped me not be such a miserable person. And my husband come home every night to this weeping woman. Just so just like hating it, in my life. <laughs> So, so that was better again, for the saint who married me. Um,
0: what well, you, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think we, we talk about our partners. Ow! Oh, my God. So sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this through this. Um, <laughs> reminder, don't shift anything while doing interviews. Uh, we talk about our partners as saints and it's, I, I do it, too, um, but it also puts everything in a weird perspective of, like, they married us despite, and you also showed a lot of fortitude in what you faced with your husband, and I think that's that, that's a lot of that story, too, is you know, your husband had a, a possibility of having Huntington's. Is that something we can talk about?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Before we got married, while we were still in college, we'd been talking about marriage, and... Um, He sat me down one day and he was like, babe, um, there's something really serious I want to talk to you about. And basically it came out that his dad had Huntington's disease and there was a 30% chance that he would have, not 30, a 50% chance that he had Huntington's as well. And Huntington's is a really terrible, degenerative, awful disease that I've since seen what it's like um but at the time I was just like I was 19 I was very naive and I was like it's fine hon we're meant to be together and whatever it is we'll just we'll take it on you know this, this of course this does not affect whether I want to marry you or not and that shocked him because he'd been prepared for me to leave him over it um so then when it turned out that I was the one with the disabil- you know the debilitating illness he, in his mind, was just like, you were going to take me on, so of course I'm going to take you on. No no question. No no nothing.
0: That's a beautiful and, level of commitment. I know. That's gorgeous. It's a beautiful story, especially 19. I mean, that's such a, a gorgeous, naive, lovely, we're in age in some ways so, of, like, I can remake the world. It's going to be what I want it to be. And you guys stood up to a lot of... um. A lot of obstacles and a lot of opinions. It's a very impressive story. Yeah.
1: Well, we got married so young because of the religion stuff, basically so we could have sex. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so that's why I was married at 19.
0: You know, I've heard of worse reasons.
1: Yeah, I know. and And we stuck it out. I mean...
0: Hey, and more than holding hands, so...
1: Yes, although... Another funny thing, my first kiss of my entire life was on my wedding day after they said, you may kiss the bride.
0: Wow, I, I'm just trying to, I, I grew up Berkeley, hippie, liberal. I, that's, that's a whole different <laughs> ball of wax for me, but it seems to be wonderful for you guys.
1: So. It, it randomly worked out for us, just just because of the personalities involved.
0: It sounds like hey, one of the big keys to you guys is a deep respect and commitment. Hey, that sounds like you guys both really respect each other and are in for whatever there is. And that's, yeah. that's a really lovely thing to hear about because so many of, um, people with chronic illness have partners who leave them or are just like, you know, peace out camp. Mm, that was not what I signed up for. Not
1: what I signed up for. I know it so not what you signed up
0: for. <laughs> I, I tell Basically, that to my husband all the time. I'm like, I know you did not, I know you knew generally what this was going to be like, but I know you had no idea it was going to be this bad. I'm, you know, it's, um. but who knows what you're going to sign up for when you're talking about decades or a lifetime or like things will I, shift.
1: Most people will eventually run into some sort of, you know, it, extreme illness. It's just supposed to be way later.
0: Not at 19. So, You were in college. Did you leave school at that point or had you graduated?
1: Um, I left school for a while and then I came back and used a wheelchair, electronic wheelchair. And I did like a couple more years there and then I finished online. Okay. So I was able to finally get the degree.
0: You know, I'm so frustrated with that because, you know, okay, so a quick heads up to everyone who's listening. We have a very large international audience. When we're talking about these things, we are living in the United States. We pay insane amounts for health insurance. So when um, Stassi was talking about her husband going to Starbucks so they have insurance, that's a thing. Um, we don't just get health insurance. We can't even go to the hospital without paying significant amount of money even with insurance. Um, and then when we're talking about our educations, those aren't paid for either, um, and there's no subsidies for most of it, unless you're talking about a really great private college that subsidizes. And what I'm gonna say next is that um, I looked into online school, and I couldn't believe how expensive it was. Like for the same degree I wanted, that if I was able to physically attend class, was six thousand dollars for that degree. Online, it was close to fifty thousand. So it's like this, um, this like serious tax for being sick. Like it's amazing how expensive being sick is. Like I would love to go to college and sit in. I would love to get another degree. I would love to be able to work. Um, I can't even roll the dice to see if it would ever be possible and get the degree while I'm sick, uh, because that would be fifty thousand dollars. We'd be investing in the hope that I would ah, get better. <laughs> so, but you yeah. were able to do that with online. Well, I was able
1: – my college had online courses, and they weren't that much more expensive than the regular courses. Oh, so
0: nice. So
1: I was able to finish the degree through the same college that I'd started by just taking, the, like, the last four or five classes that way.
0: Wow. That's, that's very cool. I'm so glad you're able to do that. Yeah. And then – so yeah. you guys got married, um, had a kid. I'm so amazed that you were able to do CFS, ME, and – child raising even with help that's an insane amount of physical effort (laughs) and
1: okay yay we did that we're never gonna do that again so rock out
0: and then you got the perfect one first try so
1: we got a real he's awesome now he's 14 and so much fun but he was just mischievous and into everything he could be in and always, like, in trouble at school because he was doing mischievous stuff. So he was, like, he was going to make it life as interesting as possible. To put it that way. So
0: uh, Yeah, I, I, I have one like, of those. <laughs> I have the one who challenges me on everything. Like, every possible thing I've ever thought or believed. His entire goal okay. in life is to make me question it. Yeah, uh, any hope
1: that can possibly be found, he's going to question.
0: Yeah, it's um, with the joke in my whole family because I am so far over on t- Like, I've done everything. I was the worst teenager ever. They're like, how is he going to rebel? Like, what is he possibly going to do? And then my daughter is a very different little creature. But it's amazing to see how they individually processed a sick mom who couldn't do the things other moms could do. Like... You know, know. going on, like, lots of vacations or going to the park and playing instead of um, curling up on corners of benches. Uh, (laughs) Being able to take them to school, going to parent-teacher nights, all of the stuff that I was supposed to be able to do. Yeah. No,
1: that's not going
0: to happen. (laughs) You know, just even, like, the remembering of, like, the basic stuff for school for the kids was one of my biggest frustrations. of like, oh, my God, did you, you have that thing you were supposed to turn in? Do you have that? And then if I was the one who showed up on a weird day, then the teachers would like rail me to hell on like why I didn't remember to do this for my son or daughter. And like if my husband was when he showed up, they're like, "You're a manna from heaven, godlike creature for even showing up for your child." <laughs> I'm oh. done with this. You get to do all school stuff from here on out. I'm sorry to put that on your plate, but I can't take any more judgment. I can't. <laughs>
1: Oh my God,
0: that's so infuriating. It was one of the biggest, it's just like, I'll tell you a quick story because it was so infuriating is I don't care what my kids look like as long as they're like healthy and clean. If they want to wear anything, especially as toddlers, self-express, as long as it's weather appropriate, I don't care. And we had this um, daycare where the woman called me out in absolute fury that I had not done my daughter's hair. I'm like, I didn't even do my hair. I don't brush this mat. Like, how was that Crazy. going to use? It was not going to happen. Crazy. And so when Stu got there, she was like, I know your wife is not good at this. So I did your daughter's hair. And you might want to let her know she needs to have her daughter's hair done in the mornings. <laughs> like, you're picking up and dropping off. I, I'm i not dealing with her.
1: Mm-mm. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, I would want to know that one. I, uh, yeah, there were words. And there was a words. lot of wine that was drank that night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you know what you're a god if you do anything with the kids so you get to do all of it I'm, I'm stepping out I don't want to be the public face anymore I can't I can't hold up the June Cleaver step I'm barely getting out of bed so no exactly. Yeah. so okay I wanted to go back to your relationship because I'm curious um, and I know a lot of our listeners have had discussions about how different their marriages and their relationships have gotten as they've gotten sicker How do you guys still have a touchstone for your relationship and being sick? I mean, like, what do you guys do to keep being, I mean, like, the big question in my house is, how do you, how do we not do caregiver all the time? How do we have a romance? How do we have a friendship? Um, How do we have fun? Um, So how do you guys do that?
1: Well, so I think our touchstone turned into going out to, um, not cafes, like little diners, and when I was a little bit better, and then we would make plans for this great future we were going to have. And we would write it out on napkins and we would dream because he didn't want to work at Starbucks and I wanted to be a writer. So we did that forever when we were like barely making poverty level all the way through when we could get babysitters for Joseph and I could like straggle To the car and then to the diner because diner seats are also more comfortable they've got padding on the back and i could take a you know something to put behind my head so i kind of like just vegetate um so we did that for years and which is funny because up to this last year last year we were living all the things that we've written on the napkins he'd finally become a professor he got his PhD and he was a professor, which was the ultimate. And I was a best-selling author, which was, was we kept looking at each other being, we're living the things we wrote on the napkins. <laughs> that was our touchstone, was dreaming about the future together and then pushing each other to accomplish these things. So, but we've always just been able to talk for hours. So it was the talking for hours. That was more of the touchstone than how we were doing it. And that's what we're still able to do. Even now, even now that I just lay here, can't do anything. He'll sit in the chair beside me and we'll just still talk for hours. Which that I,
0: is wonderful.
1: I don't, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how we managed to do because he's super into computer science and I'm super English person. <laughs> so the people will look at him and be like, what do you have to talk about? I don't know, but we just do
0: but You have a friendship, so there's stuff to talk about.
1: We were friends first. We were friends first.
0: I think it's such a, a missed, and uh, like that's always what concerns me about when people are um, are uh, going just by attraction. And it's like, yeah, that's awesome, it's good to have the butterflies. But if you don't have that solid friendship going, if that's not your best friend, the person who is your biggest cheerleader, who's got your back in everything. Attraction isn't so pretty after the first few times of that failing. Like it's not as cute. Yeah,
1: yeah well, because of the Bible school, we couldn't really do much with the attraction works. <laughs> yeah. Really develop the friendship.
0: I, I mean, there's there's a lot to be said there for like making sure you have like something emotional to build off of. I, I have never followed that, but I can definitely see some logic behind it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah that's. That's really wonderful. You guys still have that. And I wish more restaurants would also understand that their seating needs to be comfortable. And um, universal design is not just pretty, it's also really great so that other people can go and enjoy being outside and out in the world. And if your chairs are just like little wooden things, it's not so comfy and able to stay.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So- and so, like yesterday, we we had something to celebrate and usually we would have gone out and eat but instead we just went and like hunted and gathered the really good food from the good places and brought it back here and ate it and like celebrated here just like sitting here with each other
0: I don't know where yeah. you live but we're um we're at least near where there's some really decent food delivery services and that's our date nights we sit in our house and we have takeout or we get to Trader Joe's or he actually love your phrase that he goes to Trader Joe's and gets the chicken deacon masala which is actually really good <laughs> and the non-bread we have like our our takeout at home
1: uh-huh.
0: now you oh yeah have just experienced another relapse and I am I, I am uh, the queen of hey I'm doing great and um now I'm out for two months uh, tell me how you're handling this because I don't do it well I just had like a snip fit online because I was so pissed
1: I I am not doing well with it. I I thought I was cured ish, and then so I was living my best life. Thank you, Oprah. (laughs) Yeah, doing everything that I ever wanted to do. I actually became a best-selling author, which was insane. I was making an income comparable to my husband better than him. I was making more money than him. And we live in Silicon Valley.
0: Oh, God, we almost could have done this in person if either one of us could actually leave the house. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I'd love to see you in person
1: at some point. Just,
0: Someday we'll have Valley. to, like, try to see if we can get, like, Uber or something. Where in the Silicon Valley <laughs> are you? Uh, San Jose. Ah, okay, yeah, I used to work in Menlo Park, and that's a whole different oh. culture. <laughs>
1: oh God, I know. Where are
0: you? Uh, we ran back to the East Bay. Um, for one thing, we could not afford the property taxes in um, in the, that area. Um, uh. For another, it's just such an expensive place to live. Like everything was just so costly. And then I got really sick. Um, like victorian novel woman in the attic sick like i i couldn't leave oh. my bedroom and our house had stairs to get in and out oh. and the bathroom had was like this really long hallway into a toilet so i would have to crawl sometimes to get to there's only one bathroom in our house it was like this beautiful 1920s gorgeous oh, yeah. but it did not I work for to us to toilet. nothing is
1: more like just crushing to your soul than yes. having to crawl Oh toilet. my
0: god. Yeah, you knew. yes. <laughs> and then we our hallways and our door frames were too thin for my wheelchair. So, I would just be trapped for days in like this back like super dark bedroom and I had a nervous breakdown and I just started crying. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. I I can't yeah. survive like this. And my husband was like, "We we're, we're dealing with this now." And he like he he didn't even this is this is where we have issues with my husband and I. But he doesn't always tell me what he's thinking. He just sometimes just goes and does things. And so I thought he was mad. And he just walked out of the door like as I'm crying. And he had gone out to figure out financing. Like he just like turned around and was like, "We're moving now. That's what's happening." He didn't even tell me that though. He thought he had. But he walked Uh out to figure out how we're going to sell the house, finance it, and how we're going to move closer to my parents so that my mom can. um... So we live like ten minutes from my parents because when both the kids are in school she would have to come down and drive them to school and she'd have to pick them up because i yeah. my ability to drive is like maybe <laughs> ish mm-hmm. possible and then she helps with a lot of the household stuff and then like your husband my husband does almost all the cooking almost all the cleaning um if i had yeah. like a burst of energy and i cannot dislocate for 20 minutes i will do my best to straighten but he does like 90 percent of housework and homework stuff with the kids
1: but if there's, like, a chance to dislocate and you waste it on straightening, like, that's sucks. And I do.
0: I, I Because of the guilt. Like, guilt and shame. Like, I, seriously, I am Jewish woman here. Like, guilt. I was raised by a Jewish father and a Catholic mother. Guilt and shame are my jam. Like, I can be guilted and shamed into anything. I, I get rid of the guilt and shame like this. <laughs> I've,
1: I've stopped being sad and weeping all the time. I figure... I'm an awesome, hilariously fun person to hang out with. So that's what I give to my husband. I'm awesome. I'm crazy fun to be with. So he gets like he gets to come home to crazy fun person. I'm always cracking jokes. I'm hella fun to be with.
0: I can second that.
1: <laughs> oh, so I can't clean the kitchen or do everything right now. I'm hella fun. <laughs>
0: I'll need to study, like, Dorothy Parker and, like, all these, like, you know, Mae West, all the grand doms of, like, comedy who are, like, I'm, I'm not needed in the kitchen. I'm not needed to do help. No, I am fabulous.
1: Thank you. you. are so fabulous.
0: This is why I say drag queens. This is why drag queens are, like, everything to me. They have the attitude for this. They've got it down. I'm, like, I'm just going to take notes on Bianca Del Rio. <laughs>
1: exactly embrace <laughs> your fabulous that is plenty you're giving I, I plenty
0: so you are also running an entire business still from oh no I'm sorry we're gonna to go to that in a minute I want to get back to you you just had a relapse um because I I, I don't it. want to just gloss over that because that's I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, it's the most demoralizing thing that happens where it's like, I suddenly start feeling like things are possible. I start daydreaming about things. I start sending away for like college brochures. I start like imagining if I could run a business again or live a life again. And I will do that within 12 hours of a good day. One day that lasts like 12 hours, I've already sent away for stuff.
1: So true.
0: So So how are you processing it? I'm trying to learn. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah.
1: So we moved from Minnesota to Cal to Northern California and my health just started getting better and better. And so it started with me being able to unpack the house and I didn't have repercussions, bad repercussions. So I would push it a little further. I would start going for walks, which is insane. Cause I could barely, I was basically housebound in Minnesota. I could make it to the, you know, the mailbox on an extremely good day, but suddenly impossible things were possible. And I kept building and building and building until I could exercise for an hour, like hard exercise and swim. It was insane. So I considered myself cured basically. So I just started going hard ass after everything I'd ever wanted. I published six books last year.
0: Oh my Um, God. I've been writing the same novel for three years. That's amazing. (laughs)
1: I learned marketing, like, (laughs) hard. I had five bestsellers, two of which were top 50 in the entire Amazon store.
0: That's insane. That's amazing.
1: Sane. And so then I opened, started a publishing company so I could take other people and use the marketing and push them to the top. And... (laughs) So it was a very stressful year, but it was just like the best stress ever I'd ever experienced. But apparently stress is bad.
0: (laughs) No, you don't say
1: what. I just had this great hubris thinking, oh, but I'm better now. Until six weeks ago when one day I was feeling a little bit run down, but I'm still running around doing, you know, like, out of the house from 11 to 8 at night and still working 10 hour days and loving it and then I can't move the next day it's it's like deja vu of the first time and I'm like okay 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 this is just a minor setback I'll just rest for a few days and I'm sure it'll it's okay six weeks later it's not okay I I there hasn't even been a modicum of improvement. If I get a little bit better like you, I immediately want to start doing some of the ma like the mountain of work that needs to be done since I have dropped off and then I'm immediately slammed all the way back down to where <laughs> I- I'm barely making it to like I I look like a hunchback shuffling to get to the bathroom. So, and I don't know how to deal with it. I had coping mechanisms in the past. I don't know what to
0: do. I hear you, <laughs> deeply hear you.
1: Like some days I'll think I'm okay, and I'm like, okay. Meditation, Or oh, I, I think I figured it out. Um, because, so I'll, I took a week off from trying to do anything productive, and I was getting very zen, but then <clears throat> I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to get on the computer for an hour and do this little bit of work, this little thing. And I tried to get on my computer, and I've been using Dragon for dictation since I can't type. My fingers are too heavy. I I can't type. Um, And Dragon wasn't working. Dragon had broke. And I got so infuriated beyond all, you know, sphere, (laughs) because it was, like, the one thing that was supposed to be working. So then my husband comes home and fixes dragon, but my computer cord stops charging the computer and the computer's gonna die. And my head was gonna explode. And I realized what it is. I can be totally at peace as long as I don't want something. But the second I start wanting something,
0: I need to underline that I can be at peace until I want something. That's that's true words there.
1: <laughs> Which I realized, I was like, "Holy shit!" I just realized what Buddha realized sitting under his damn Bodhi tree. This is like the second noble truth. Mm-hmm. Suffering comes from a craving. Mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, that one or Mark Twain is um, a comparison, of of yeah. what, uh, comparison is the Death of Joy.
1: Yeah. Oh, how does he put
0: it? Comparison is the Death of Joy.
1: Comparison is the Death of Joy. Yeah, but the second I want anything, because at the moment I can't have anything that I want. Yes.
0: So <laughs> the one thing that's supposed to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. If I don't want anything and I have no objectives in a day and all i do is just lay in bed and listen to an audiobook that's generally subpar then i can be pretty zen but if i want the things like writing or my career or anything then i'm immediately miserable and pissed off
0: it's hard, and we, especially here, um, and especially where where you live, wanting to succeed and killing it and um, hitting the highest levels of potential are pretty much like written in the Silicon Valley bylaws. Like, yeah. it's it's um, it's very much a culture of striving, and I feel like there's also this like thing of the, living in the United States where it's all about bootstrapping. If you're just motivated enough, if you're just like, uh. Go get it enough. You can overcome any obstacle, and we like we mythologize people who, who can do it with forgetting that there's you know, disability is a word for a reason. We are disabled. There are things we are not able to do.
1: I know, and that messes with my head too because I'll listen to Oprah, and she is like, everything happens for a reason, oh, and yeah, yeah. Mm, and, uh, that one hurts. <laughs> Hadn't hurt so bad, but I still want it to sort of be true. I'll be like, I could, you know, this will happen for a certain reason, and I'll be able to look back at this and I'll, you, you know, be able to use this as some amazing motivation. And blah, blah, blah. like, even if that could be true, then I could use it. But I think really that's just not, I think stuff is just way more random than that. <laughs>
0: I and mean, we all love that good founder story, right? Like the story where someone lost yeah. everything and then they built it back up and they wouldn't have done this without this horrible thing happening. And that invalidates the suffering of right now. I mean, that invalidates like, even if it becomes true, like even if you're on Oprah's couch or wherever, like I just not doing the TV show anymore, that's how old I am. Um, but like, even if it is true, even if you do end up feeling that way, that doesn't invalidate how much this sucks right now. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I feel I like
1: I think have a chronic illness. Yeah. It's never going to get that. We're never going to have that success story of overcoming.
0: You know, it's really it's bad. We look at like, like somebody's in a car accident, and like at least I've done this. And my apologies to all of you who've been in car accidents who are now disabled, but I do have those moments of jealousy of like, you know, I watch these videos of someone in their wheelchair who's, like, you know, dis- they're they're disabled, but they aren't disabled like me. They can still go out and, like, go to the gym and they lift their entire body weight with their wheelchair. And they go to the, like, skate park and they do all the cool tricks, which is what I want to do so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do any of that. I can barely leave my house. <laughs> like, I'm so jealous. And it's so weird because, like, you see this and you're like, oh, that could be a founder story. Like, they built this really cool wheelchair. And it's like... I couldn't run a business. Like, I, couldn't, uh, I can barely answer awesome. as you've seen in dealing with me and wanting to be a guest on the podcast. I can barely answer my emails. Like There are weeks I do not even look at my email. Like, doing the podcast I'm, is hard enough.
1: Oh, I, I, I can't imagine actually how you managed to keep it up.
0: Honestly, if it wasn't for nice people who send me emails at three o'clock in the morning going, I am in chronic pain. I was feeling super lonely. I listened to this. It made me feel better. I can't tell you how many times I've been ready to just, like, press eject on this and go, I, pff, fuck, I can't, I cannot really? disappoint, and it's because I can't disappoint people, I hate disappointing anyone, and I just feel oh. like I'm constantly disappointing oh. people, as I'm like, I forgot our interview, I forgot to, look like, at my email, I, yeah, and running this is a lot of stuff, like, there's a lot of moving parts to running a podcast I did not know about until I said, hey, I know what all decent is, I can't leave the house, I'll run a podcast. Oh, naivete but I was in my 40s so I don't know if I get to call it naive
1: (laughs) and then I was like no no not for me
0: I can't it's um I think you have to have a certain amount of naivete to do anything (laughs) like anything you need to be a little naive but but yeah that it's um it is something I almost weekly go I don't know if I can keep doing this I now have two co-hosts who have stepped in who are doing um half the work now so Oh, thank you so much, Eva and Melvin. I love you both. Um, because I would have, I would have had to stop. But at least you're doing yeah. half the stuff now, which I'm very, very grateful for. But it's, I mean, you run a, you run something too, and I don't I know don't, how you do it. Letting people down. I don't know so, how we get comfortable. How do you get comfortable letting people down? Because I, I, I can't hold I, it. I just started
1: letting people down, and <laughs> it sucks really bad. I I hate it, and I just want to finish up the commitments that I have as soon as possible so that I can stop it, because I hate it. Because, yes, I have people who I'm publishing who I try to tell that I'm sick, but, you know, what? they still need their material to get published and edited. And editing is... <laughs>
0: Now you know why it's taken me three years to finish my novel. The novel's done. It's the editing that has taken me the last year and a half.
1: Editing, writing is much easier right now because I can just speak it into existence. Uh-huh. But editing requires not only being able to look at it, but it requires a, a higher oh. mental ability, like the synthesizing ability, which some days I we'll not have. And some days I it's just not there. I'm just, I look at it and I'll be like, I can't think. <laughs> I need feel as intelligent as I feel like I know that I am, and that's an a crazy. That's a crazy feeling, frustrating feeling.
0: I don't get the people who can hold complicated plot lines. Like, and by complicated, I mean like Harry Potter plot lines, or like even a basic novel plot line of like different characters wanting and needing different things. I have to keep entire lists of each character on. Who they are, who they are to someone else, why they are, because I can't remember when I'm writing their stories. I'm like, oh, oh, that's, I'm always surprised. Like, I'm always shocked at what's happening in the book because I don't even remember writing some of the chapters when I'm going back and editing them. I'm like, that's actually pretty good, but I don't know if it actually belongs in this book anymore. Like,
1: well, what I do is I'm just always emailing it to my Kindle and listening back. So I have a, I'm reading it out and then listening back, listening back, listening back.
0: Oh my goodness. That's brilliant advice. I'm trying that. So you just, Oh, great. Thank you. I will use that.
1: (laughs) Well, text to speech is my lifeline. That's how I I proofread books too, because if it speaks it to you, you catch way more errors that way.
0: That's why I read it to my kid. My, my son does is not, um, Wanting to listen to it. Um, But my daughter's very interested. So I read it to her and my husband at night. And that's been so, like, I'm reading it while typing because I'm like, oh, that's not how that goes. (laughs) Uh
1: Yeah. And sometimes when I read it aloud, I'll even, I'll still skip over stuff. My eye will still skip over it. So what kind of book are you writing? I know you've done some children's books, right?
0: I did, I I did um, picture books. Uh, I've done, I think, God, I think I'm at five of those. And then I have Uh another. Oh, another six are done. They're finished. They're written. I just need to illustrate them, which um, this guy is like, illustration, that's cute. You think? Sure, you can illustrate a whole book. Why not? Um, That's been brutal. That's been, because I was a photographer in the Silicon Valley for years. um, Losing that was hard. I mean, like you, I I built something from nothing. And I made more than my husband. And I loved it. I loved what I did. I was really good at it. Um, I was very successful at it. Uh, and I did things that I felt mattered and I really felt proud of myself and I got the social interaction I desperately crave. Like every day mm-hmm. I was meeting new people. I was meeting people from Stanford, listening to their research because I'm a science geek on the inside and yeah. I, I was loving it. And then when I got this sick, I had to quit with Like I, I finished my last photo shoot and then it was done. Like we couldn't, it was so sudden. It was like, we're going to finish the Christmas season. And then I was like, nope, it's September. We're done and we're moving. It was that fast. Um, it was just mm. awful and heartbreaking. And then I was like, okay, well, I can't do nothing because that's not in my DNA. Um, right. I, yeah. And I pushed myself so hard and hurt myself so badly because I can't sit still. <laughs> and then um, I taught myself how to draw. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll do this. I'll do kids books. I'm, I'm creative. I can write kids books. No problem. Super fun. And I'll, yeah. I'll draw for it. And then um, my wrists fell apart so mm-hmm. now it was like okay well what's next <laughs> podcast well that's getting a little too hard I don't know what's next after this if I can't do it um but yeah I did the well, kids books right. and then I'm writing a, a YA novel
1: right.
0: so I have like three right. YA novels that are done that need editing three of them are finished they just need to be edited okay
1: well write yeah. middle grade novels that's what's next
0: middle Any grade
1: i have one so you don't use your hands you have one i, have, I actually
0: have it. two there's two in the series that are already finished writing
1: you should let me read it i really? started out writing I,
0: like, I will yes. it's i mean it's kind of i'm a geek for the 1890s i love 1890s okay. magicians so it's like these two stage brother magicians who are in a war who turn each other into hamsters because <laughs> middle grade and so they have to spend all of eternity as hamsters until they can get along And so it's like the story of this modern day family that these hamsters have been passed down through. I'm sorry, I'm pitching a book on your... I'm going to shut up now. Um, I'm just really excited about it. I think it's really funny. And I was bored talking to my son and he got me into this idea.
1: No, the other thing is that some sort of creativity is the thing that saved me. If I didn't have writing, I would have gone out of my mind so many times. Writings would saved me. Having, being able to to say I produced 1,000 to 2,000 words today made me feel like a usable human being. They're saying I, quantifying, I right? Something I could quantify. I did that. I accomplished that. I mean, that's probably what saved my marriage more than anything. My husband didn't have to come home to a weeping, crying person all the time.
0: You know... Bring up some- I have something
1: to talk about my books were terrible in the beginning, but I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it, and I just kept doing it until eventually it started. They started getting better, and I would just learn. I had something to learn, you know. So I have books, just something to engage my mind in. And even now, when I can't even write, I'm too tired to write. So what I decided is I'm going to get a digital recorder and my next series is going to be a super involved, like, Game of Thrones-like series. Oh. So that takes a hell of a lot of world building, like months worth of building this up in my mind. So I'm going to build it up and I'm going to speak it out and then get that transcribed so I can figure out who all are these. Alien houses, alien dragon houses. And they've been alive for a millennium. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, betrayal and stuff built up in the backstory.
0: That's so fun.
1: Oh, yeah. And they've come to Earth and they're doing some, you know, secret genetic experiments. And like, it's huge. And to, to, usually I'm too impatient and I want to just start writing it. Mm-hmm. But this time, literally can't working myself to be the backstory right. So I can spend the next three months laying in bed and speaking into a thing and then having my Kindle read it back to me as I work through this really epic world building. So I, I'm, I'm trying to find any ways to find positives and find ways to feel productive. I know that's what keeps my mood up and keeps me to be able to continue being fabulous for this fabulous man that I'm married
0: to. It brings things so important to this, which is that, like, one of, I've got to stop shifting around. Um, one of our hierarchy of needs is purpose. We need to feel like our lives and our days and our hours have purpose, and I think that one of the things that saved my sanity—if <laughs> it still exists, we're still out on whether it's still there or not—but is that um, I've become flexible in how I define what I am. So instead of saying I'm a photographer or I'm an I'm an illustrator or I'm a, anything, it's I'm a storyteller, and that can go into any sort of thing that my body is capable of of doing. But creativity is one of the best, like, I mean, granted, I'm on opioids and marijuana and I mean, anything else I can get my hands on that might make this better. Um, But it's also one of my biggest pain tools is distraction and creating a Uh world is really distracting. It's pretty awesome. So if you're listening to this, please head over to our website, invisible, not com, because um, our show notes are going to be very layered. Um, First off, uh, the writing for the answers for the questions I send up are beautiful. Um secondly, going uh, I have a whole bunch of links in the website. So as we've been talking, I've been writing down little um things on the side that I think might be really helpful as we've talked about things like world building. There's a really incredible YouTube video, I'll link in um with George R. R. Martin and oh my goodness, she wrote Outlander. Oh gosh, the beautiful romance thing with Jamie and Claire and um oh, yeah um Diana Diana
1: Goblin.
0: thank Got you, um, and oh okay. gosh, uh, Patrick Ruffus and someone else that I'm blanking on, but they did a one-hour panel on how to world build, and it was like oh my God. the I best. Yeah, so it'll be in your show notes, um, but it was the best advice I've ever heard on how to build maps and how to build like an actual like. It is very and it's hilarious. Patrick Ruffus is one of my favorite authors to listen to. He's so uh-huh. funny, and so is Diana. She's hilarious. So I'll have that in the notes. Um, Also, I put in a a video from uh, Patrick Ruffos. He did a whole series on mental health. And um, when you're talking about, and not that we're, um, what I'm saying is, is that uh, when you're talking about having like these periods of time where you could do things and periods of time where you can't, it falls, I think, very much under the what sometimes what people who have uh, manias get to do, where they have these periods of time where they can do everything or they think they can do everything, and then there's this period of time of depression. Where they can't, and um, he was talking about a more healthy way to look at that of like this period of activity and then a period of like resting your body and resting your mind so you're ready for the next possible <laughs> thing that you can mm-hmm. do. and It was it was just a really interesting way to look at it from a different perspective from you know, mental health and chronic illness. So I'm gonna link that in there too. No. So, if you're listening, please head on over to our website and um, take a look. These are going to be very detailed notes. And if you have anything that you want to add in um, about how you've made it possible to even build up a publishing company, I'm sure there's people who are listening to this who are like, "I've always wanted to write a book. I've always wanted to to do this, and now I'm I'm in bed, and I, this sounds like a really great project." If you have anything that you'd like to add, just send it over, and I'll add it into the the show notes. Okay, but I will also have your books added into show notes. So uh, if you are interested in reading these great books, yeah.
1: the religious thing uh, is from the past, and these are very erotic
0: novels. So, so not so much hand holding, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, no, 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 no.
0: no. <laughs> okay, so, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. So, if you are listening it's going, I think I'm going to get this. Um, the, the, I was looking at the pictures, and I was really impressed that it does not pass, like, a reverse Bechdel test. Like, I was looking at these um, covers, and I'm like, these are a lot of naked-ish men with abs you could create cheese on, and lovely yes. women who are very well-dressed. <laughs> this is very different than most of the media we get to see. This is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a lot yeah. of pretty on the cover <laughs> so yes please um if you understand you're going over there you were going over there for erotica and romance correct yes okay but very very lots of pretty there um so i will have a link there so if you're curious to see And dragon book coming out which is my jam i am i'm gonna be very excitedly awaiting this since we don't have game of thrones anymore i will <laughs>
1: I know. Oh, my God. Game of Thrones. So
0: good. Oh, there was screaming. Kind of, like, you know, Super Bowl level where, you know, your neighbors are interested in like football. That was our house on Game of Thrones night. Also on RuPaul Drag Race oh. nights. um, We do lots of yelling at TV for these. But <laughs> uh, I can't wait for your dragon book. That's going to be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to to make sure we covered?
1: No, I feel pretty good. This has been a really fun conversation. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh my god, there's no way. When I read through your stuff, I was like, we have way too much in common. <laughs> we chat. Not that you have this stuff in common with me to talk to me, but uh, this was just, it just seems so much fun to talk to another sick writer. I was like, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. And I'm so sorry we couldn't do this in person. I think we would have probably fallen all over trying to get together, but this,
1: yeah. is,
0: this is our world, Skype and Zoom.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right?
0: Oh well thank you so much for coming on. Um everyone, the nicest thing you could still do for the podcast is to head over to Apple um Apple Podcast, I think it's called. It's not called iTunes anymore. Um if you want to leave some stars, say some nice things, say some constructive criticism. I'm Shrill, I get it, you don't need to say that again. Um plenty of people have covered that one. You're all good. And um, please be for sure to share this. I mean, this is a super shareable episode. I think a super relatable episode. I mean, we talked about things that you can do from bed. We talked about how to keep relationships going. We talked about parenting and chronic illness. I think this is a pretty relatable episode, especially about compassion. I think this is, um, I think uh, CFS and ME is one of the hardest disorders when it comes to compassion. Um, Because I think a lot of people just don't understand and Again, you don't have to understand it to be compassionate. That's that's not a requirement. You can just go you seem suffering and I will give you compassion. All right, I think that's about everything I need to cover. Just tune in next week, head over to our show notes. Uh definitely subscribe to our newsletter. Um we're we we do not actually send out a lot. We send out one thing once a month just to kind of tell you what's gone on on the shows, so if you kind of want to get like a quick update on our blog on our uh, podcast on our youtube channel it's a great thing just to sign up for and i i don't have the energy to send you less of emails so one a month that's it all right thanks everyone and be kind be gentle be a badass